Welcome to the Education Innovators Podcast. I'm Eric Byron, and it's an honor to host this show where we get to hear from talented educators who are willing to share their stories of the incredible things they are doing in learning environments all over the world. All right, this is a special kind of year-end episode. This is Eric Byron with the Education Innovators Podcast, and this is Season 1 Lessons Learned. So around the start of a new year, we all like to look back and review the year that's ended and look forward to the year ahead. So I started this new podcast series in 2023, actually really October, September, October 2023, and I want to take a few minutes and reflect on what I've learned in the season one, my 23 episodes we published so far, and talk a bit about what I hope to accomplish in the podcast in 2024. So there's many lessons learned through the conversations I've recorded and and shared through this podcast. Today, I'm going to focus on five specific areas that I think are most important and reflect the purpose for doing the podcast, my big takeaways from season one. What it takes to innovate in education. Why we need to innovate in education. Who are the people driving innovation in education? why change happens so slowly in education, and what brings us hope that innovation in education will accelerate. Okay, so those are my takeaways. I'm going to dig into each of those. But first, let me thank those who've been supporting me in this journey so far. Of course, foremost are my listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the feedback I've received and the words of encouragement. I've had some wonderful guests on the show too, and I, I want to thank each of them for giving me so much more than just their time. They've shared their stories and, in many cases, shared personal details of their journeys in education, their passion for advancing learning through innovation, and they've also put up with my quirky sense of humor and messing with them during the podcast recording sessions. I want to thank Fred Chan. Fred's been a sounding board and a confidant as I, well, as I came up with the courage to launch this podcast, and he's continued to support me throughout the last several months. We bounced ideas around and shared interesting articles, books, and ideas about innovation in education. But for the record, I also want to point out that nothing good happens without my wife's love and support, and she has been my biggest fan and promoter. I'll also give a shout out to the Hong Kong EdTech community who have been extremely supportive as I build momentum going into 2024. All right, enough chit-chat. Let's get to the good stuff. Lesson one what it takes to innovate in education. Simply put, action. And this sounds strange coming from a podcaster, but talk is cheap. Action is what matters. The real innovators are the folks who do more than just talk about the need to innovate. All of my guests demonstrate this distinction. The series started right out with Simon Engerer. Because fundamentally, we appreciate what the video game can do in terms of story. And that's what we see as the mechanism through which young people can improve their English language. Talking about how he uses commercial off-the-shelf games to teach English writing here in Hong Kong. Both Simon and Andre Thomas. White male students still did better playing with the game, but the improvement for female and minority students was much higher. And that was a bit of a surprise to us. Now we know why. Another guest on the podcast are doing brilliant things with games for learning. And I think it's important to note that despite how 
innovative and creative both are, both have struggled to make money doing what they're so passionate about. They were both transparent about the struggles to get schools to commit to using their products and services, and both also touched on why they do what they do, despite the difficulty of doing it. Lesson two, why we need to innovate in education. This topic comes up in many of the 23 episodes I've published so far, and admittedly, I launched the podcast because I believe there is a need to innovate. But I also recognize that there are many who fear innovation means disruption or revolution, and that fear can be paralyzing. The only way we get past the fear and get to action, see lesson one, is to accept that the world is changing rapidly and education needs to adapt to the new normal, and the new normal changes almost constantly. Some guests on the podcast who really home in on this are Amanda Bickerstaff, <laughs> this is my soapbox. Everyone in the world could have 90 minutes of learning about what generative AI is, the limitations, the capabilities, what does it mean for us going forward? I think it would be an amazing opportunity for our to get ahead of this. Sean McMinn. And this is AI readiness. And I think this is really important because AI literacy is just the foundational knowledge, right? Understanding the technical aspect and how AI works, the uh, what is machine learning and so on. But are faculty members AI ready? Do they understand the societal implications and the consequences of AI being used and being implemented across tools and so on? And Stefan Bouchard. The reality is AI here, it's not going anywhere. It's getting a lot better. It's going to change the world. It's going to change your classroom. If it doesn't change your classroom, then I don't know what relevance your classroom is going to have to the world. These are folks who have jumped headlong into the impact of generative AI on education, and they're coming up with real practical tools and advice for teachers and schools to help them leverage the power of AI to integrate AI literacy into their curriculum and to provide teacher professional development programs. Lesson three, who are the people driving innovation in education? I have to mention Serena Sachs-Mandel, the Chief Technology Officer for Education at Microsoft, who came on the show and talked so openly about her personal story. And you know how passionate I am about educational technology, right? And you are too. But I want to counter that with the more high tech we get in education, the more high touch we need to be. And what I mean what I mean by that is if we're going to stand out from AI, if we're going to be better than AI, it's our humanity that will win. She's incredibly inspirational and a great example of how passion and commitment drive real innovation. Serena is another doer a woman with a brilliant mind and a clear focus of purpose. People like Serena are what it takes to innovate in education. I'd be remiss if I don't also mention Edmund Lim. So in that sense, we have what we call like bridges and ladders, right? That enable students to blossom and flourish. And we also recognize that students develop at different, uh, different speeds at different points in life. who talked with me about his 30-plus years in education in Singapore on some really, really cool things going on there and amazing story of, of how Singapore has been so successful in its public education systems. Um, you want to listen to that one.
But I should also mention Rachel Chan. I always believe that opportunities is the source of hope. And without a good education, it's very difficult to be hopeful because education really can empower a person to achieve things that his parents or grandparents might not be able to do. She's a co-founder of Esperanza, uh, which is a nonprofit organization to promote the innovative use of technology and education, also involved in the EdTech Month events here in Hong Kong. That's a wonderful uh, pair of episodes. You should listen to those two with Rachel. All right. Lesson four, why change happens so slowly in education. For this point, I'm going to turn kind of a side effect of doing a podcast, a a wonderful side effect, by the way. (laughs) In the last three months, I've had to do research and preparation for the podcast, and I've done or I've read dozens of articles and papers, listened to talks on YouTube, subscribed to multiple education forums and newsletters. I've listened to other podcasts. I've also read at least six books, and I'm currently reading two more. So what have I learned about why change happens so slowly in education? Some of it is certainly a fear of change, but a lot of it is about efficacy. Educators and academics who are are really locked into a system that requires peer-reviewed academic studies that prove that the new approaches work. The problem is these studies can take years. And when educators don't want the answer to be, you need to change the way you do things, they can drag it out and avoid making changes just by saying they need more evidence. Which brings me to lesson five. What brings us hope that innovation in education will accelerate? Well, honestly, all of my guests have brought me hope and inspiration that innovation is occurring and that there is a movement towards accelerating the pace of change, largely forced on educators by the impact of generative AI, but it's also seen as an opportunity by those who've been calling for change for decades. We hear a lot of references to the lessons learned from the impact of COVID on education, particularly in the U.S. There's so much greater awareness of the shortcomings of the current education systems and the high cost of traditional university education, and there are alternatives that are gaining notoriety and public support. I also attended the EdTech Month events I mentioned with Esperanza um, in Hong Kong. That was in kind of October into November. And then the EduTech Asia Conference in Singapore in November. And there I observed so many great initiatives and passion around moving education forward into the 21st century. So there's always hope. (laughs) I believe we're making progress. We're getting there. Looking ahead in 2024, it's my hope that I'll continue to speak with thought-provoking innovators, but more importantly, action-provoking guests who are blazing a trail and willing to share with us the work they're doing and the things that they're learning through trial and error. I've already got a number of excellent guests lined up for the new season. Now, I will be traveling a bit early in the year, uh, January and February. I may not be able to publish as regularly as I'd like during that time. Um, But come March, I promise um, we're going to move it back into high gear again. Uh, Lots of work to do and lots of stories to tell. So my podcast may be all talk, but in 2024, I will also be doing. 
I'm working on designing some learning games and we'll do more consulting with schools and teachers as opportunities to get hands-on present themselves. The most important thing I've learned in the past several months is that too much great work is being done in isolation. It's my dream that my podcast becomes a catalyst for collaboration between schools and between edtech organizations to accelerate innovation and awareness of all the incredible things that are being done that will inspire more folks to get involved and to take action. I'm also hoping the Boston Red Sox win the World Series. <laughs> hey, we can all have dreams, right? I hope all of you listening have big dreams for 2024 and that the year brings you much joy and success. Thanks again for listening to the Education Innovators Podcast. I'm Eric Byron. God bless you and happy new year. I'm going to leave you with fight song from Rachel Platten. I love this song because I may be a small boat on a big ocean, but I've still got a lot of fight left in me. Like a small boat on the ocean, sending big waves into motion. Like how a single word can make a heart open. I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion. And all those things I didn't say were
A lot of violence in me.